Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, do you know what your core IQ is? How can we elevate it to become better leaders? That's what our guest speaker today will be teaching us, Randall Bell, PhD, socioeconomist, and CEO of Landmark Research Group. And he has consulted on more disasters on earth than anyone in history. He's called the master of disaster. Randall is familiar with chaos and the uncertainty obstacles bring in business. There will always be roadblocks and how we act to high stress situations is what makes the difference. Randall, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Jeffrey, it's great to see you again. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Of course, I've known all about you and known you for many, many years. So we've consulted with one another on different projects and of course, love reading your book. Hey, what is our core IQ and how does it get measured? Well, core IQ is essentially the essence of things that we should know for business, but we were never taught in school. I mean, I, I love my alumni UCLA. I went to my graduate school, business school there. But, you know, you actually get in the business world and there's there's key skills like uh, time management, negotiation, all those core skills we got to know. Uh, and yet somehow we're not taught. So I've been kind of on a mission to make those skills available. We do it at no cost. This is a nonprofit, coreiq.com. But I, I love uh, I love the discussion because it, you can really tell who's really gr- solid and grounded and has stability in their business. Those people that possess possess those skills, we got to make them available to everyone. Okay, so what core skills do we need to elevate our core IQ and to fire on all the cylinders that we have available for both business life, because you can't have one without the other. Yeah, exactly, Jeffrey. Uh, I mean, uh, the the first one I mentioned, there was negotiation skills. In undergrad school, we had one day on negotiation skills. Uh, It was everybody got a couple pieces of paper and a lot of people have this exercise and you basically you know, line up with somebody on the other side and you negotiate the price of a car or something. I, I'm, I'm very proud to tell you, I was last in the class. I, I, you know, and the professor put all the names up and I was, I was a zero. I did so badly and I was so humiliated that I went and actually took professional negotiation skills. And frankly, Jeffrey, I thought this stuff is not that hard. Uh, you know, it's two days. It cost a fortune. Uh, at the time, I was with PricewaterhouseCoopers, and so they paid for it, but it, it was expensive. And, and so that's one of the core IQ skills, and we put it online. You know, the, the, the basic fundamentals of negotiation. Again, a core skill uh, we need for business and life, and I wanted to make it available because, frankly, I wanted my own kids to have it. I wanted people in my office to have it. I want everybody to have it. There's there's no reason for this. You know, the other one's time management, basic time management. Same thing. I was, you know, very disorganized with my time. I took, a, you know, I, f- I forget who it was. It was a time management thing. And I, I thought I had the same thought. I want my kids to have this, not just executives that can pay the $15,000 a day fees. Everybody should have these skills. So I'm kind of on a mission. Are there, you know, I almost think there needs to be some other ones, coping skills, maybe even sometimes, and we're seeing a lot of people who dealt with it over COVID, but a lot of depression that we're starting to see and how to deal with it, ways to be able to, you know, not not necessarily confront it, but make sure that we can step into it and help some other people. Are you seeing some things pop up as a result of COVID? 
I sure am. I just came out with a book. In fact, I was just on the BBC with it. It's called Post-Traumatic Thriving. And these are skills to basically heal from childhood traumas or, you know, any kind of trauma. You know, you mentioned, and I'm working on disasters all day. I was just in Houston working on Hurricane Harvey. And I meet a lot. I have, in that case alone, I have 30,000 clients. I meet people every day who have had their lives ruined with floods or tornadoes or, you know, oil spills, you name it. And, and so, the next the, the next thing we want to do is right on right on uh, the mark with what you just said, Jeffrey, and that is we want to teach people the skills to heal from their trauma because you have more efficiency in the workplace. I mean, think about it. A lot of the addictions uh, and even the soft addictions that that you know aren't illegal or or don't take us down entirely, uh, you know, cause a tremendous strain on business. If we can look at those issues and as an executive, you as an executive can teach the people in our teams these skills. Uh, And and like I say, the one on the horizon is post-traumatic thriving, how to how to heal from that stuff and and really, you know, get over it so it doesn't wear you down and exhaust you. that that's that's another key core skill and there's dozens of them you go to the website there's really dozens of these courses no courses but lots of great resources i know inside the c-suite network uh dr bell we've got a number of people like tina greenbaum who's one of our thought leaders and of course she does a whole course and some work around mastery under pressure so we have a lot of that and we all we all think we know our strengths and weaknesses we think we know what they are but but we have these blind spots that really affect our decision making. So how can we tackle these blind spots? How can I look for those in my own life and my own stuff in the business every day and bring them out of hiding? Uh, Jeffrey, such a great question because, uh, you know, for example, I was, I'm working on these big cases and their attorneys and they go, I go into the boardrooms where they negotiate them and I'm just stunned with their the poor negotiation skills. I would recommend people simply do this. And, and the beautiful thing, it's all nonprofit. It's no cost. Go to coreiq.com, go down the courses and listen to a course for a minute or two and see, does this resonate with me? Do I really need this skill or have I kind of mastered it? I, I guarantee a big steak dinner with a little sauteed mushrooms that you will find a course on there. You go, wait a minute, this is really basic, but I'm really kind of lacking. I mean, I wrote this stuff and I developed it with some really brilliant people. In fact, Jeffrey, we need to have you on to develop some, some of the courses, but you know, in going through the fundamentals, I guarantee it's, you will find something that's lacking and you, you take another 20 minutes with a video and work on the, we have these like court exhibits to make it really simple with mind mapping. And then you're kind of up to speed again. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be complicated. It's as simple as that. C-Suite Radio. I love the, this next piece of it because you believe that the problem is not the problem. That the problem is how we react to the problem. Yeah. And I, how should we react when we see a problem? And there's lots. I mean, you've dealt with some of the biggest disasters in, in, in on the earth today. So how should we be reacting when we have a problem? Well, Jeffrey, what I do, take the Bikini Nuclear Weapons Test Site. It's the biggest environmental case in the history of the world. I worked on that case for seven years. So I fly to Hawaii and I have a layover. Then I fly to somewhere, Guam, or I forget. And then when I fly to the Marshall Islands, this place is really remote where they detonated big nuclear bombs and dusted the islands with uh, nuclear fallout. Very sadly, people died. It's a big case. And when I show up, 
you know, people think that I'm going to just kind of start popping off with magical answers of, of, you know, repair and remediation and, you know, everything's going to be wonderful. And people are surprised. The first step to answering your question is take a long, deep assessment. I don't say much. I just observe. I talk to people, but I'm really, if you listen, I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm not dispensing device because advice, because I don't have I don't have, I haven't done the research to give the advice. So the first step is assessment. When you have a tragedy, you have a trauma, you have a disaster, you take a long time to really study it and understand it so that when you do get to the next stage, stage two is, is, and remediation repair, you've done your homework. Uh, you, you're, you're dispensing intelligent advice. You've done the research. And then that's only the second step. The third is the ongoing issues, because with every disaster, things have changed. It's kind of a new normal, and you have to address that as well in terms of, hey, we had this disaster, we cleaned it up, we fixed it the best we could, most efficiently we could based on research. And the third step is, after the disaster, there's this new normal, how are we going to tackle that? So those are the big three stages you use. I use on the biggest cases in the world, and it's, again, simple, one, two, three but it really kind of organizes our thinking. Randall, you just got through describing COVID. Yeah. I I mean, and what we've just went through, right? I mean, each of those stages is what we've all gone through up right up to the point where you even say, well, what's the new normal? What's the new thing we got to deal with? I mean, are we starting to see this as a disaster or are we seeing this as an opportunity for the business side? Well, it's both. And it depends on perspective. It just, it, it, frankly, it depends on conscientious choice. You know, uh, you know, business for me, and I know for you, was kicking it before COVID. COVID came. Frankly, I was arrogant. I was flying to Paris. I was flying to London, all over the country. Um, and I never got COVID. Then I came home for the holidays, and I'm in my home. And I got COVID and it took me down for two months. And, and excuse me, still got a cough. You got the cough, right? There's a number of us that still have that cough. Yeah. 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 And I take it very seriously. And now I'm looking at the world and, you know, I'm, I'm in our boardroom and we just had a staff meeting and we're talking about, okay, after COVID, you know, what does that look like? You know, for, for us, one of the problems is that, you know, people have been kind of working from home for a year and they somehow have kind of adopted this idea that it's going to stay that way. Well, you know, in office work aligns better with the way how we do things. So we got to have this, you know, step number three, the new normal and the new normal. We, we got to get back to what worked for us before. But in other cases, other business may shift their model entirely. It, you know, that's it goes company by company. But if you adjust those three stages, you have a pretty good shot at an intelligent strategy. So I have another question for you, because I, I think about all the disasters that you've consulted on, and I mentioned that you've consulted on more disasters on earth than anyone in history. Think about this, everyone, I want you to know this. World Trade Center, the Flight 93 crash site, the BP oil spill, the John Benet Ramsey, OJ Simpson tragedies, and a whole lot more. You know, Randall, I got to ask you, how do you compartmentalize this in order to do your job effectively? And and those are some big ones. But in every business, we all have them. I I mean, I've been involved with, you know, businesses that we actually had an employee walk in, murder the, you know, the general manager, um, set the place on fire and then and then kill himself. I mean, so we see those kinds of things. Those are bad. But but disasters can be disasters in businesses, whether they're huge. Right or whether they're small, they're still disasters in our own mind. So how do you, how do you compartmentalize that? 
You know, I there's a big difference between self-medication and self-care. And people that don't, uh, you know, handle it right tend to go off to self-medication. We know what that list looks like. And so the first thing is I'm very conscientious. The question you just asked is a question I ask myself and the people on the team frequently. We got to practice self-care. And um, in, in my book, Post-Traumatic Thriving, I describe the dynamic duo. And I'm not kidding you. We got the research to back up what I'm about to say. It's simple, but it's powerful. Number one is you got to tell your story. If you've gone through a disaster, you don't internalize it. You start an internal war when you bottle things up inside. I don't care who you are. And you've got clients that are billionaires. I got clients that are billionaires. You know, we're all people and you can't bottle things up inside. You got to tell your story, whether that's with a trusted business you know, a colleague or a therapist or whatever it is, you got to discuss it with somebody um, as, as point number one. Number two, our deep breathing exercises. You know, we get hit in business all day long, and I do, we all do, uh, and my clients certainly do. Um, and deep breathing exercises, I'm not kidding you, Jeffrey, there are over 20 studies to come out of Harvard, and I've read them. They're in the binders behind me, and that show that deep breathing exercises, when, when right now, we're in the parasympathetic ner nervous system. It's calm, we're having fun, we're having a, a, a great conversation, but when trauma hits, our brains literally switch from parasympathetic to, to sympathetic. We go from the outer human brain to the inner reptilian brain like that, you know, and all the processes of shock and adrenaline, all of that. So deep breathing exercises, as simple as it sounds, you can call it grounding. You can call it meditation. You call, it, you call it centering. I call it centering. I take a centering breath because exactly. you don't want to see me what's going to happen after that, right? Before that, if I don't do that, right? Six breaths will do it. It, it. Better to take half an hour, but yeah, you're <laughs> centering breaths. Deep breathing is incredibly healing for the stress and trauma we, we all uh, face in business every day. C-Suite Radio. You have a unique access to the disaster. Talk to me about recovery and prosperity cycles. I've always found that to be unique in, in your description afterwards of what we have to go through. And I and I really truly believe that we're in this with COVID and we're seeing some, some good things, not just bad things that have come out of COVID. Obviously we um, feel very bad for those people who have passed or been hit, hit by it, but especially on the business side, but I'm also seeing some real prosperity around it. But let's talk about recovery and prosperity cycles. Yeah, there's a cycle. And, and in the book, I've got at least 20 jury exhibits that, that mind map all this stuff. But, you know, in prosperity, the lie we tell ourselves typically is it can't happen to me. Look at me. I'm strong. I'm healthy. The business is great and solid and da, da, da. It can't happen to me. Lie number one. And then, bam, it hits, it hits us. You know, a big client goes south. We get hit by a lawsuit. All kinds of things can go wrong in business. And so there, uh, after that, there's a little bit of humility uh, or more than humility. We, we feel devastated. And the second lie is there's no hope. I'm going to give up. And I can tell you in business, you know this, there's always hope. And then you build back up. And you're back in prosperity and the cycle sometimes keeps going. <laughs> but that's the big cycle. And so you want to be aware of the big lies. It can't happen to me. And there's no hope. Those are lies. Well, and, and a lot of times people let the trauma define themselves. I mean, I don't want people 
to, to set and use COVID as an example of that's going to define me and my business. That's going to find the rest of my life. And I, I'm already seeing people do that, you know, like this stopped them or this hurt them in such a way that they can't come out of it. So what do we have to do to break that cycle, to, to break the cycle of the traumas defining you? Yeah, well, that's the second great lie is, is there's no hope. There's always hope. And yeah, COVID, you know, we had to tighten our belt in our business because a lot of our cases went on hold. We had enormously big cases and we had clients saying, put it, put it all on ice. And so, uh, you know, there's times where you just want to fold, um, but you don't fold. You, you just keep going and you tighten your belt and you face the realities. But um you know, and working way back, it, it, it differs, of course, for different market sectors. Some businesses, you know, really got hammered. And frankly, they had to shut their businesses. And now they're looking at starting, you know, whole new businesses. Frankly, for us, because we took proactive action to uh, consolidate and so forth, we survived it, you know, thank God. But now we're, frankly, we're busier than ever. So there is light of the tunnel. And that's the thing with all these disasters is you have, have to have a long range perspective that these things are tough, but they are temporary in, in their very essence. And so we've got to look ahead and, and uh, do what we got to do to keep on our feet and then, and then go back at it. That's the strategy that seems to work. At least it works. It's worked for us. Well, a few years ago, I had you back on my television show, uh, executive perspectives live. And we were filming in Dallas and I, you were promoting your book about the four cornerstones for success. What are those, what are those cornerstones? Yeah, the book is called Me, We, Do, Be. Uh, I was on the Today Show right after I saw you, Jeffrey. I was on the Today Show with you. Oh, you told and, them that you were on my show, I'm sure, oh, right? Yeah, and I and, and they, on Hazel's show. That's right. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Jenna Bush interviewed me, so I made made sure she knew about that. She was impressed, and uh, and uh, you know, the me cornerstone is our mindset. And, and uh, that's, that's where we can start with our attitude. You know, in our business, I'd rather hire someone with a good attitude without the skills. We can teach them the skills, but attitude. And it all starts in the me cornerstone. Then the we cornerstone is getting along with people, you know, sociologically, getting along uh, as a team member and realizing that one plus one equals three with the right synergy. That kind of rhymes. I'm going <laughs> to trademark that. And then the the the, B, uh, the the do cornerstone is getting the work done. I mean, rolling up our sleeves and getting the stuff done and having a good work ethic. And then the B cornerstone is what we're becoming. It's kind of our legacy and and what uh, you know, uh, kind of that nice sense of, of of accomplishment. Me, we do be. It's it's a great formula and it really breaks down to a great business plan. Hey, Randall, I want to thank you so much for being a part of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. It's been a pleasure to see you again. Thank you. Jeffrey, always great to see you. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.